Good morning and welcome to week two of The Good Work. We are so glad that you're here today. Man, can we put our hands together for the worship this morning? Our team leading us in worship on spring break, time, spring break and time change Sunday. Here early, so thankful uh, for them leading us every week. And I, I brought the right shoes for worship today. Man, I did not know we were going to be... But I know one thing, hell lost another one, this guy is free, and hell thought they were going to take more people in this year, but they were not able to. There's a God who's greater and bigger, and he is rescuing people every single day and adding to his church. I'm so thankful that hell lost me and that, I got, that, he, that, that, he, that heaven gained this guy, or I gained heaven, however you look at it. But I'm just thankful for Jesus and his blood, down the cross for the sins and raising again three days later, and he's coming back again to take his children with him. So, hey. Because we believe that, you have an invite next by you, next by you, my son says that, next by you. Hey, Dad, next by you, near you, there's an Easter invite card. Hey, everyone, Easter is three weeks away, super excited about it. God's going to do an incredible thing, and you have one of these cards. I want you to bring three people with you to Easter, and we got three services, okay? It just felt right to go with the threes. It's three weeks away, we're going to have three services, and we want you to bring three people with you that need to hear that Jesus died on the cross for their sins and wants to change their lives so they can live in eternity with him forever and so that they can have Jesus while they're on this earth. You know, heaven's going to be awesome, but we need Jesus every single day. Every single day we need Jesus. Like every hour there's a song that used to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Every hour I need you. Like we need God every single hour, every second, every minute of the week. And so bring a friend we love to hear, let them hear about Jesus and how he could change their life forever. You guys did a good job. Um, we'll show you later, or it's probably on Instagram by now, but I did a time lapse of all the diapers that came in and the wipes that came in. And you guys have already done a good job. We're one service in, and we got another service to go, and we're going to do way more than we did last year. I can tell because that's how extra that we are. And so I'm super thankful for bringing the diapers and the wipes. If you didn't bring diapers and wipes today, because, like, I didn't know about diapers and wipes. Good news, you can bring new socks and underwear New socks and underwear, men and women, next week, okay? And they, they, I know you're laughing because you're like, why do you have to classify new? You don't know this church. <laughs> this church, the they're, they're a little bit saved but a little bit sour. Like it's just, they just, they need, you got to make sure you clarify for some people. So new underwear, uh, new socks, those are going to Matthew's Hope uh, this, this week um, or this, this next, coming, next coming Saturday. Hey, um, I, I was so excited about the do good challenge. I was like, I'm just going to make a shirt that says do good on them. And I believe that God's called us all to do good things in this world. We're calling this series, it's called The Good Work. I'm so thankful for our teams that they put the work in to make sure this church happens every uh, single week. One of our uh, college age young adults walked out to me today and she goes, man, I'm so thankful for this church. She's like, I'm so glad you, you hired Ryan. I said, thanks for the approval. <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit too late. You know, I already got him. And um, I'm so thankful for the team that makes all this happen and the dream team and all the volunteers that make sure that church happens. And uh, last week you guys came in and we had technical difficulties to say the least. And, um, and I, we began to work on those things all throughout the week and make sure that we're back up and running for the next week. And I believe with all my heart. Um, that God is doing um, something new in our church. And um, if you would just pray for, uh, for Diane and I and pray for our team. And um, we believe that God's called us to take, to take ground in the city and, and, to, and, to, and to grow roots that are deep, like it says in Chronicles. And so we're trying to do that. And so we're praying through a couple of pieces right now. And um, so if you would just pray, uh, pray with us. Uh, we're not leaving the YMCA. And, um, but there's some things that God's, I think God's working on. I was telling our team, they're like, are you tired? I'm like, no, I'm not tired. 
because the last three week, the last three days of this week, I've woken up at 5 a.m. God just woke me up. He took me right to the scripture, and, um, and he's been showing me some things that he's just trying to do in our church, and, and um, we're just driving by places and praying over places that God may have something to do in our church, but um, I just, God's just doing a, a new thing in our church, and I'm just thankful for that, and glad we get to be part of it, and so I would covet, I don't even know why I use the word covet, I would appreciate your prayers, I don't know if that's KJV or not, but I would, t- I appreciate your prayers, <laughs> and um, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10, God saved you by the grace, by his grace, when you believed, and you can't take credit for this, it is the gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so none of us can boast about it. So he's, he, I, I love that verse, because he tells like, hey, I, you can't boast about this, about this thing. None of us can boast about it. Then the very next verse says this, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us brand new in Christ Jesus, so now we can do the good things that he planned for us to do. So way before you were born, God prepared salvation for you. Way before you were born, God prepared a good work. God knew one day that you would be out there. I was talking to uh, Josh in the parking lot. God knew that one day, some of you guys had never been to church before, or you, you got some sort of situation with church, and, but you found yourself back in a church. He, he knew that you'd get back here. He knew you'd be out there waving parking lots with signs. We didn't have, when I was going to church back in the day, we didn't have signs that said, I'm glad you're here. And to be quite honest, the people in the parking lot, they didn't look like they were glad to be here. You know what I'm saying? And so... <clears throat> And uh, I grew up in a church where they had pews, and, and they had those places that, I, that you could, um, I think you put your communion in those things. But I just envisioned myself, some of the services, I wanted just to pull that thing and just pit my head into the back of that pew. And it was such a boring experience, but thank God I got saved in one of those pews, and, and God's changed my life. And God knew that I would get saved. God knew that you'd be saved. God knew that you'd get baptized and find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And you'd be out there waving one day. God knew that you would do that. He's prepared a good work for you to go out and do. He knew that. He's already prepared he knew that you were going to bring socks on. He knew that you were going to bring the diapers. He knew that you were going to lead your friends to Christ. I was at the men's Bible study this past week on Thursday night, and I said, how many of you guys have led someone to Christ? And only a few of the guys raised their hand. I said, you need to start praying and asking God to help you lead someone to Christ, and then you need to come to us and say, hey, how do you lead someone to Christ? And you need to explain how to explain someone Romans 3, 23, and, and Romans 6, 23, and Romans chapter 5, verse 8, and Romans 10, 9 through 13, and John 3, 16. Like, you need to do it. There's something, something that's so, it's so incredible when you get to lead somebody to Christ. It's an incredible it's an incredible feeling. God knew that he, you would go out and do this good thing. Here's the verse that I want you to memorize this month. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. We are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ so we can do the good things that he planned for us a long time ago. Make sure I'm right. Let me read it from there because I think I got my notes wrong. For I am certain that God, this is better. I knew that was wrong. Like, who, who made these notes? <laughs> um, I emailed those notes, but they didn't, there's a translation issue and it, the problem is this guy. The Bible says in, in, in Ephesians, it's Philippians 1 verse 6, I am certain that God, I'm certain, I love the word certain, that God who began the good work within me, the salvation, all the things that I've been able to, to experience spiritually, I, I'm, I'm certain that God that prepared the good work within me, he will continue his work until it is finished on the day when Christ Jesus shall return. He's coming back again. And I'm certain that when he gave me salvation, God made the first move. I responded to the, to, the, to, the, to the call of salvation. And I am certain of this church that God's going to stay with me until I've completed or until he's done with me. And until then, I believe this, he's going to continue to do new things all the way throughout. So we've been looking at a guy by the name of Nehemiah. And we've been following his journey. We're going to pick up on his journey today. And, and last week we learned this, that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things, and that's Nehemiah. And by the way, that's you, 
And that's me today. But here's what I need you to know. Here's the, here's the point of tension today. You don't have to be successful, but you can be significant. You don't have to be successful, but you can be significant. Like God wants you to be significant. I remember thinking, man, I can't wait, I can't wait to be successful. I can't wait to be successful. My dad and mom, they want to be success, successful. And I realized once I got saved that God didn't call me to be successful. He called me to be significant. He's prepared a work for me to go out and do. And Nehemiah is at some level successful. He's living inside the king's, inside the king's palace there. And while his job may not be that glamorous, he had just an ordinary job, but he had the best food, the best wine. He had access to whatever the king had access to. He was an armor bearer. He was right there, cup bearer. He got all the secrets. He got all the information. He was always right there with the king. Pretty good spot. It's a pretty good spot. And in Nehemiah, we're going to pick up the story today. Nehemiah chapter 1, we're going to pick up in chapter 2. But Nehemiah chapter 1, we find out that, that Nehemiah finds out that his, his, home, his hometown, Jerusalem, it's in shambles. It's a mess. It's, it's falling apart. The walls are completely down, and he's heartbroken by it. And we talked about last week, like, God, wants to, God wants, to, wants to shift you on the inside so that you go out and do the good work. He wants to do that. He wants to, to prod your heart and to, to get you in the position where you want to go out and do something significant. Nehemiah chapter 2, the Bible says, let's pick up in the Scripture. i got a lot of verses to read today. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, It's early the following spring... In the month of Nisan, that's where Nisan got their name from. During the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified. But I replied, long live the king. Don't kill me, that's what that means. How can I not be sad for the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins, and the gates have now been destroyed by fire. Like, it is a mess up in there. Like, it is terrible. He says, I, how can I help you? I love that. He was such a close relationship. Nehemiah was constantly helping the king, and the king finally asked the question, how can I help you? With, with a prayer to God of heaven, he replied. Now, that's a quick verse there. How can I help you? He's like, dear God, don't let them kill me. You know, like, God, how can I help you? Dear God, please help them to say Help them to say yes to the prayer that I'm about to, or the thing I'm about to ask them. Verse 5 says this, I replied, if it's okay with you, if it pleases the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. Hashtag two-week notice. He's like, I got to go. Like, I, would you be okay if I left? Now, if he just would have left and went and did it, he would have found him and killed him. Or he would have never been able to come back ever to find his job again. That would have been like a, a fired on the spot, letter of determination, like letter, letter of determination, like go ahead and go. But he's like, I want to get permission. There's a, there's a right way to do things, church. Last week I talked about there's an order that God's prepared. God, there's an order that God's prepared for us. And when you get discipleship and, and when you learn the scriptures, you find there's an order that God's prepared for us to all go out and live. And whenever the order is out of whack, we find ourselves in situations that we're wishing that we could get out of. And God's wishing that we would have never got into them. We find Nehemiah saying, hey, if, you, if it pleases you, if you're pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king with the queen sitting beside him said, how long will you be gone for? When you, will you return? It's a whole wall. I was thinking in my mind the other day, I wonder how long it would have taken him. We're going to get to that in a moment. But I realized this. You would think it would have took him as long as it's taken them to get I-4 built. That's how long it would have taken him to build the wall. Come on, somebody. <laughs> that just prodded somebody. 
or the, what do they call that, that big building on I-4, the eyesore on I-4, like, they needed Nehemiah to come in there and build that. Like, G, Nehemiah the GC would have had that thing built pronto. I said to the king, if it pleases you, I don't know how long, I don't know how long it's going to take me. I have no idea <laughs> how long it's going to take me. But the king agreed to my request. Verse 7, I also said to the king, if it pleases you, king, another quick prayer, one more favor. That's like my kids. Hey, Dad, do you mind? I always just say yes. Do you mind that? Yes, I do. <laughs> or if they say, I know you don't want to. I'm like, you're right. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I just want to agree with you. <laughs> you're right, you know. So he says here, I, I said, if it pleases you, can I also get some letters addressed to the governors of the provinces west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the, the manager of the king's force, because I'm going to need a lot of wood to build this wall. I'll need it to make the beams for the gates of the temple fortress for the city walls and for I got to build a house for myself. Now I'm sure he's like, dang, you're going to be there a long time. And the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. Verse 9 says, when I came to the governor of the provinces west of the Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letters to them. The king, I should add, had sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of my arrival, they were displeased that someone had come to help the people of Israel. There's going to be opposition. We're not going to talk about opposition today. Come back next week or the week after because opposition is going to come when you want to do the good work. Opposite, when you want to give more, your wash machine is going to break. When you want to give more, it seems like your car. I was so excited on Friday I left the gym. I'm like, I am going to have a good week. I declare in the name of Jesus. I get in my car. I turn it to reverse. I, I stop for a second. I get a text message from my wife. My AC does not work in my truck. I was like, that's your problem, you know. Like, my, my AC is good, you know. Do you, you know. Like, uh, but I realized, like, when you want to do incredible, when you want to go out and buy more diapers, you want to go out and buy more wipes, when you want to do the good work, when you want to invite your friends to church, when you want to share the gospel with your friends, know this, the opposition is going to come. But I just told you that I'm not going to preach that. It's going to be another week. I'm gonna, I'm, I got more scripture to read, but I want to give you a point. I know it's usually scripture, like one, two, three, but I wanted to slide in point one, and then I'm going to get back to the scripture if you'll give me permission. Number one, if you're going to do the good work, <clears throat> here's some easy for some of you guys. Just start small. Just start small. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It, it, may be, it may be just taking up your neighbor's trash can from by the street up to the door. From, just start small. Nehemiah says, hey, if it pleases you, Nehemiah, start with the prayer. Hey, God, if it pleases you, I would appreciate it. Then he says, King, I just want to go over there. King, is that okay with you? Would, would you start small? And then you know how it goes. It's, it's, like the, it's like the debt snowball. Once you pay off one debt, then you can pay more on the next debt. Then you can pay on the next debt. He's like, hey, if it, if it pleases you, King, not only do I want to go, but I also need you to give me some, some, some wood to take with me. Would you mind? And the king was, like, it just snowballed. That's what I like about giving and generosity. If you just do it a little bit. We got some missionaries this week in our church. We appointed them. Um, Nelson and Jenny, we've sent them out as missionaries. They're here today. They're not going anywhere, but we sent them this week into a laundromat. Start small. It doesn't get much smaller than a quarter. Nelson said we were just pumping quarters in, just loving people. Invite cards. Do you want to know God? Admit that you're a sinner. But ABCs, believe that you died on the cross for your sins. Let her see, confess with your Just that's all. That's, it's just small. I love the word just. I hate it, but I like it. Because the word just, like, that's not that big of a deal. If any of my team's like, it's just, I'm like, no. But just, like, yo, just. 
It's just start small and then it can begin to grow. Nelson said at the very end, people were giving us donations. It's glad I'm not there. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, the Lord needs it. Come on. <laughs> the difference between <laughs> There's a difference between a missionary and a pastor. Like, I'm trying to give to the missionaries. So like, I need the money. Like, yo, just bring it all in. What do you got? Make those checks out to Hope. Hope Beecham. <laughs> I mean, Hope Church. It's just starting small. Nehemiah just started small. And I want to encourage you today. God wants you to start small. By the way, if you start small, Jesus will do the big. If you start small, just show up every Sunday. For some of you guys, that is the good work. It's going to show up. It's going to show up. One guy today flies a plane for, um, for a living, and now he's retired, but he still flies a plane. I'm not exactly sure how it works. I'm not there yet. But he wrote it this morning, 830. I'm like, yo, you are, like, it was, I thought he got the wrong time change. It's, 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 it's the bad one, not the good one. He showed up early, dropped off some diapers and wipes. It's just small. It's just small. But when we drop those off, when they get there, when you give them the offering plate, there's something that happens whenever we wire money to Nairobi, Kenya, somehow it gets bigger. God does bigger. If we start small, God will do the big. A lot of people never start small because they want to do the big. You don't have to do the big. The big part's not up to us. You just have to set up the pipe and drape. I just got to show up. I just got to read the Bible. I just got to pray. It's just starting small. God will do the rest. Did I know this room, this room, when the, one of the, starting church was scary, but the second scariest thing was going from one service to two services. That was the scary thing. And our plan was this. We were going to have this stage at the half court, at the half court line without blue things. That was what it was going to be at. And hopefully if it would grow, please let it grow. And we would just back the stage up. Yo, we made it to the back. We just started small. If you just start small, God will do the big. This church, it was just a vision. It was just a vision. I didn't know we were going to see 200 people saved. I didn't know that we were going to baptize on our people. It just started small. It just starts small. If you're here today, like, I, I don't know if I want to be in or not, just keep coming and see what happens. Just show up. You just have to show up. Nehemiah chapter 3. Good news. I only got 15 more verses to go. It's going to be awesome. I love this. I love, um, good luck, Courtney, what I'm about to do to you back there. But here's where, here, here's where it goes. Then, then, then Elishieb. Eliashib, the high priest of the, high, of the other priests, started to rebuild at the sheep gate. And they got the sheep gate, dedicated doors up, building, you get it, they got the sheep gate built. Verse 2. The people from the town of Jericho, they, they worked next to them. And beyond them was Zachar, the son of Im. Like People started showing up. They just started, just small. And then verse 3 says, the fish gate, it was built by the sons of Hassanah. They laid the beams, set up the doors, installed its bolts and bars. Just the bolts, just the bars. It was a small thing. And people next to them, were, they were doing it. Then verse 5 says this. Next were the people from Tekoa. Through their leaders, though, though their leaders refused to work with the construction supervisors. But the people came, but the leaders didn't come. Verse 6 says this. The old city gate, it was prepared by Joada, the son of Pasea, and Meshulam, the son of Basodia. And I got a theology degree. They didn't teach you how to pronounce those words in Bible college. They laid the beams, set up the doors, installed its bolts and its bars. It was starting small. It was just one gate at a time. You get the, you get the point. Verse 7, next to them were a bunch of other guys. And verse 8, next was Uziel, the son of Hera and the goldsmith of, of the goldsmith by trade, who also worked by the wall. Behind him was Hananiah, a manufacturer of perfumes. Like even the guy with girly perfume hands, he was there putting the bolts in. The guy with skinny jeans, he was there too. You can't even fit a screwdriver in these jeans, but he's like, I got it, guys. You know, he's bringing bolts, 
bringing cups of water. Like everybody was just doing something small. You guys get the premise here. Um, Raphael, the son of Hur, the leader of the half the district of Jerusalem, he was next. Even the city officials were there. I walked into the to the um, city hall this week, and I was nervous, obviously, because whenever you're a church, they don't they don't really usually excited to see. It's funny. I was talking about a space. He's like, "Yeah, man, one one parking lot, one parking lot for every four people." I'm like, "It's for a church. One parking lot for every three people." I'm like, "You guys got to be kidding me!" I'm trying to reach a city, it's cutting me off. You get in there, I'm like nervous. The guy comes around, I said, I used to work out with you. You and I, are, we're friends. I'm like, I had my whole polo on, I was like, I'm like walking with my hand on my chest. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I don't have to go in as a church guy no more, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lesson learned, now I'm just gonna be the guy up the street. Verse 13, the valley gate was prepared by the people of Zenoa, led by Hanan. They set up its doors, they installed its bolts and its bars. They also repaired the 1,500 feet of wall by the dung gate. I don't know what happens at the dung gate, but you don't want to go through the dung gate. You know what I'm saying? Verse 14, the dung gate, it was repaired. Verse 15, the fountain gate, it was prepared. Like all these bolts, the nuts, all the things, they were prepared. You want to know how they were prepared? Because Nehemiah just started small. That's all he did. He just kept on, dude, just, just a little bit at a time. It was just a quarter. It was just an invite. That guy got saved and he brought more friends and brought more friends and brought more friends and brought more friends. And their friends got saved and their friends got saved. I went to breakfast yesterday and Donnie goes, I said, hey, I'm gonna buy, um, somebody was there, they bought our breakfast. And I said, hey, we're gonna buy their, we're gonna buy these guys breakfast. She's like, you don't know them. I said, yeah, I do. They go to our church. She goes, I've never seen them before. I'm like, well, they go. It's because you don't see them. Doesn't mean that I didn't see them. And she's like, how'd they come? I said, honestly, probably Tanya. I don't know. She just keeps on bringing people. That's our, that's our missionary to, to Armor CrossFit. She just goes in there and she's just inviting people. I was inviting someone the other day, like, yeah, yeah, I know. Tanya already invited me. I get it. You've already started following me on Facebook. I'm like, that's how it starts. It just starts small. Every time I'd go somewhere, if, I, if I'd go out with uh, their daughter, or if I, if I saw her daughter and um, I saw her daughter at the gym and, and uh, Whitney, and I just follow her as, on a friend, as a friend. And then I followed her next friend. If, she, if I saw her becoming, I just follow their friends. I follow their friends. And if Marty shares my stuff and one of his friends like it, they just follow me. It's just, it's just inviting people to be a part of the story of God. It's just small stuff. Just showing up is small. Just bringing people is small. It's all small. It's just starting small. You're like, I can't lead anybody to Christ. You just got to bring them then. You just got to bring them. You don't got to be the preacher. To me, this is small. This up here, this is just small for me. The hard stuff for me is being out in the community and, and hanging out with people. Like that's the, this is small. Like that's, that, that out there is bigger. It's, it's, it just, it doesn't really matter or vice versa. Like I just, I'm just going to do my part. I'm just going to do my part. Just start small. And all these things begin to happen. The gates go up, the gates go up, the walls go up, the gates, the nuts, the bolts, all those things. Here's number two. Number two, stay faithful. Please stay faithful. I went to the pool yesterday. I want to be the same person that I'm, I was talking to a friend of mine. He's like, I don't want to live in the place. I don't want to live in the area where all my people, I don't want to live in the, in the city um, by all my people. Like, I want to live away so I don't, I don't see people. I'm like, dude, you're ridiculous. Like, I want to be, like, in there. The other day I went out to the pool, and uh, there was this couple there. And I want, to be, I want to be faithful no matter what. I'm at the pool, and I said, ma'am, we're there. It says it's closed, but we're all out there. You guys get the point. I'm saved a little bit sour, a little bit safe. So I go out there and I start talking to the couple and um, just talking their story. You know, I've got an end goal. Like the end goal is coming to church with me today, you know, like they're not coming. She had already been once. 
like two years ago. How's it going? We began to talk. He said, I just seen too much. I seen too much. I said, cool. I said, I wasn't going to invite you anyways. That's kind of stuff I pull. It's like, it's like reverse psychology. Smarter than I look, I promise you. I said, hey, can I, I'm telling Diane this story, and she couldn't believe it, Nelson. I said, hey, can I get y'all, can I get y'all's number? I'd love to take you guys out to dinner. They thought they were going to get invited to church. I was like, I got you. I said, I'd love to take you guys out to dinner. He said, why would you take us out to dinner? I said, well, because just a moment ago, you said you've been married for 38 years, and I'm watching people leave their marriages, so I actually want to help. Be, I want to be around people that their marriages are lasting, so hopefully that will drip off on me, and so I can go out and spread that. And just, I want to learn from you guys. Staying faithful. Staying faithful. I'm going out to dinner tonight with Steve and Debbie. They've been married for like 80 years. Like, of course I want to be around them. I'm not stupid. Like, I want to be, if God's blessing something, I'm going to be around that. That's where I'm going. I, a lot of people, and that's so counterculture. A lot of people are like, God's blessing them. The people get mad and they walk away. I don't want to be around them. God's doing something in their life. They just go away. If God's doing something, you're going you're gonna to find me right in the middle. I'm just like, here I am. If some people start singing, hell lost snow when I am free, I'm like, I am, I am too. You, you, you're free, I'm free. <laughs> he picked you up. He picked me up too. <laughs> Turn me around. Set my feet on higher ground. I'm going to go wherever the people are going. I want to be blessed. These guys all walked out to me. I said, you guys, when you're on the worship team, you just look, you just look cool to be on the worship team. I don't know how, I don't know how Schistel's going to fit in up here. I don't know. Like, he just, he's going to have it? I don't even know. I don't even know. I haven't seen him wear any of these, like, white tennis shoes yet. I don't, I don't know if he has any. But I'm going to go where God's blessing. That just makes sense. Stay, I said, I want to be around you guys. You guys have been married for 38 years. Hopefully I can learn something from you guys. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. The Bible says that the whole time Jesus walked this earth, he just stayed faithful. He remained. We preach at the beginning of the remain. Just keep coming. Just start small. Just stay faithful. Just stay faithful. You know the song, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All that I have needed, your hand hath provided. Great is thy faithful, Lord, unto me. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. It takes 15 years for an overnight success. Mom and dad, don't stop praying. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. If you've started a podcast in here today, that was in my notes for somebody in here today. If you started something that was going to help somebody, keep on doing it. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Nehemiah built one wall. He stayed faithful. He built another wall. He stayed faithful. He built another wall. He stayed faithful. He knew what God was going to do, and he knew that what God told him to do, he could go out and God was going to help him complete the work that he started in him, which we memorizing in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. He said, hey, just stay faithful. And then point number three, Gabe texted me and said, I don't know if this is a typo or not, but I'm just going to ask you anyways. Step, point number three is slay all day. You just slay all day. All day when you wake up to say, I'm going to go out there and do what I said I was going to do. There are so many people, I'm so tired of people not doing what they say they're going to do, which to me it just makes sense. Quit saying you're going to do things that you know you're not going to do. But if you say it, then go out there and slay it. Just go out there and do the thing that you said you're going to do. In business, we call this over, under promise, over deliver. Don't be like, we're going to be there tomorrow. Like only person that's, you know, like be like Amazon. Like if they say two days, they mean it. Like they get it there for you, you know. They say overnight, they, the next morning, it is there. 
Slay all day, church. Wake up and say, God's got a plan for me. He can do this. He's going to do the new thing. He's going to do the new thing. He's going to do the new thing. And he's going to do the new thing if we wake up and we start small and we just stay faithful and we slay. And have some confidence when you walk around. We sang that song today. He picked me up. He turned me around. He placed my feet on a solid ground. I thank the master. I thank the Savior. When I wake up at 5 a.m., I say, I thank God. I'm ready to go. Give me some scripture, God. I'm ready to go. So I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. Can you put your hands together and let's clap and declare that God's going to do a new thing. Come on, let's thank God. He's going to do a new thing. Let's clap in advance. Let's clap in faith that he's going to do a new thing in you. He wants to do a new thing in you. You want him to. Let's go out and do it.